Hello and welcome to Hands-On Techie Talks, where we talk about all things creation and innovation for kids like you. My name is Danielle Boyer, and I'm an Indigenous teen educator, author, and robot maker. And I'm Vinia Gunnishaker, a 12-year-old changemaker who loves robots, helping my community, and protecting our environment. Today, we are hearing from our guest, Diego Ariola Fernandez, an 18-year-old environmental activist from Mexico City. He works to foster environmental activism in Mexico through his organization, Green Speaking. His campaign uses in-school engagement, social media, and motivational videos to encourage kids, schools, and businesses in Mexico to fight plastic pollution. He also gives talks to everyone from young children to business leaders to help people figure out their own unique role in the fight against plastic pollution. He's also organized his own conference to build on his efforts, which will happen next year. He's only a couple years older than me and is changing the world. I met Diego through an organization called Earth Island Institute and their awards program called the Brower Youth Awards. Six young people from North America win every year. We both won this award for our own very different efforts in environmental activism. Diego's work stood out to me because he focuses on using public speaking to advocate for what you believe in, in this case, protecting our earth. I also use communication to advocate for what I believe in, this podcast being an example of that. This award really inspires me because I get to learn about really amazing environmental activists. I'm hopeful to one day join this remarkable group of people. I'm also really inspired by all of the work that Diego is doing, and I'm looking forward to what he does next, like the conference. By the way, remember that you can follow along with this episode at home at www.steamconnection.org slash hands-on with our fun activity sheets. Let's meet our guest. Hello, Diego. Hello, Daniel. I'm Vinaya. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me. I'm Diego Arreola Fernandez. I'm from Mexico City. And... I met Daniel at the Brower Youth Awards, and I was also really motivated and inspired by her work. It was really encouraging to see all that she's doing within the STEAM community, and that's also amazing. And you, Vinaya, I'm so honored. Um, and yeah, I, I've been doing some activism in Mexico for a couple years now. Um, with the pandemic and everything, my work just actually got bigger so that's yeah that's one of like the good things that i got from the pandemic besides all the horrible things that have happened because i got the chance to reach much more people and inspire much more kids to raise their voices and to become environmental leaders and to educate them on plastic pollution and climate change and environmental problems and that's really what green speaking is all about like education inspiration connecting transforming that's like our motto. So it's really wonderful to be here. And I look forward to talk to you about more, more things. That's amazing. I love the work that you're doing, especially through green speaking. Can you tell us a bit about how you got started in this work? Yes, of course. Um, so since I was very young, my big passion has been public speaking. Uh, well, actually, it's, it's kind of funny because... When I was six years old, I was afraid of public speaking and I, I participated in a contest, in a poetry contest, and we were three, three participants, and I got in third place, so I was like the loser. I, I received my medal, but it didn't count. So I was really like ashamed and embarrassed. 
but my mom she used to teach uh, like adults how to communicate effectively she's a communicator and so she wondered why can i also help my my child so she really motivated me and inspired me through those years of my childhood to start gaining confidence and i ended up becoming very good at public speaking in mexico and then i got a chance also to talk about like serious issues like become an activist for social rights human rights and social movements and then i got the chance to learn more about the environmental crisis like a couple years ago and in 2019 i got the opportunity to go to ocean heroes boot camp in vancouver which is a event organized by lonely whale foundation and captain planet yearly and they gather up kids and youth from all over the world and teach them about plastic pollution and how to become activists and how to connect but very very focused on plastic pollution and it's a three-day experience and i was so inspired by the work of so many people young people like you vinaya like getting so involved in these problems from a very young age and i was like i should also do this in mexico and then i started doing some activism and some education and things just got bigger and on january we started with green speaking and now it's just about to be established as a non-profit organization here in mexico so i remember the first time that i actually did any public speaking and i was giving a book report at my homeschool group and it was it went so terribly i remember um i forgot to say what the book's name was during my book report Um, I brought toys on stage and just started playing with the toys because I was nervous. And I barely spoke about anything related to the book at all. And then um, my mom also encouraged me. And she's like, you can do this. You should keep speaking. And so the next thing I did, like next speech I gave was um, to run for class president when I think I was in like seventh grade. And I ended up actually winning. It was a horrible speech, but it was a huge improvement from my book report. And I think that it's really cool that my mom encouraged me to keep trying even when I knew that I did really, really badly. And I was wondering if you could give a story about a time that you've inspired someone like your mom has inspired you. First of all, moms are awesome. Like They are. <laughs> they are. Uh, <laughs> some kids that I have had the fortune to work with that had that had been very afraid of public speaking. There was this kid that was a friend of mine that a couple years younger and he wanted to get a scholarship for he wanted to move from elementary no from middle school to another high school a much more prestigious high school and he needed to prepare a speech in which he talked about a specific problem or issue he addressed or he wanted to address as long as he came to me and we had like one day or two days before the deadline to submit a video so it was kind of a rush it was it was really nerve working and, and a stressful situation but but yeah we managed to do it and, and i helped him in the best way I, i could and just encouraged him and and he got scholarship so yeah that was awesome and he actually got like honors from the committee and judges like for his speech so i was very very proud that's amazing and you've actually been helping me a little bit too i have a keynote speech coming up and um i have to say i definitely am not used to giving a lot of inspirational speeches or anything like that normally i just talk about robots and that's it and sometimes mm -hmm. i fall into my own comfort zone where um 
a lot of people don't expect you to speak very well when you're just talking about uh, technical things. Whereas when you're giving like an inspirational keynote or you're trying to change people's minds about something or you're trying to advocate for something, you have to speak really, really well. Otherwise, people may not listen to you. So your feedback has definitely been helpful. Yeah, I totally agree with what you just said. Like, it's much more necessary and demanding like to do an inspirational, motivational speech because people want to be inspired like they go to see you and they want to get out like they're like yeah she inspired me so if you feel nervous or something that might be difficult but not impossible i have to say that's definitely why i feel a lot of pressure about it i remember the first big kind of speech or presentation i gave uh it was in front of 10,000 people and it was also um with a video that i had edited and it was the first video i ever edited and it was horrible and i almost didn't make it on stage um oh. because there was stuff backstage that was like holding me up Ugh. and so i heard my music play and i run out on the stage as they were like duct taping <laughs> the mic pack onto my back cuz i didn't have any pockets and i just run on and i realized i didn't have my glasses and i couldn't read the teleprompter And so I just had to make stuff up as I went. And uh it was terrifying, but it was really really cool because now that I got that over with, I feel like I can conquer anything. Wow. I I totally get it. like I also use glasses. <laughs> I frequently forget my glasses. Like now, <laughs> I'm not wearing my glasses. And um there came this time um I'm on a robotics team. And sometimes we have to give present presentations about different robotics topics. And um so it was really nerve-wracking for me because like Danielle's experience it wasn't as important, but I forgot my glasses and I could not see um on the screen like the bullet points that I was supposed to follow and I am terrible at improvisation. So I just rambled on and on and on about, you know, random various stuff that I don't even know the names of and um it ended up being a massive fail. But as Danielle said, um now I feel like I can do public speaking very well because of that experience. So, yeah. That's a really like valuable lesson like from that experience you learn and improve and you can also remember to never forget your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I will still forget them. I Me do not wear them to Me anything too. except when I travel. You mentioned a bit about Mexico and how it's uncommon to be an environmental activist there. Could you tell us a bit about some of the struggles you've encountered in your work and how you've worked to overcome them? So, first of all, I I should mention that I have been blessed uh, like to have a community that's very passionate and unconditional and supportive like from my family, my friends, but beyond that also everyone that I have encountered with has been very receptive and supportive and inspired but I I su- I should also mention Mexico isn't really like perfect place to become an activist in fact like Latin America is very dangerous I think it's the most dangerous region in, in the world to become an activist environmental activist and there are quite a couple stories about some activists that have or that have been murdered just because they wanted to protect the environment mostly like in Brazil and in other countries in South America but also Mexico is very dangerous for that topic so it it was a bit disencouraging for that reason and also there is a lot of people that doesn't care about the environment like it isn't like a very conscious culture such as a lot of 
cities in the US and a lot of US states and Canada and other countries like in Europe that are very environmentally conscious, Mexico isn't the case. And so talking to young people and kids about these topics, for some of them is quite boring. So that is also a struggle. Or if you want to talk about problems, then you want to talk about narco-traffic or organized crime, not about the environment. So that's also another problem. But a new good news is that an agreement was ratified by Mexico. That is um, a treaty called the Escazú Agreement, which promotes a lot of environmental upgrades and environmental Yay. protection for activists and concern and conscious policy. So that's actually really cool because it's a Latin America agreement and Mexico was like the last country that needed to ratify it. Really good news in our in our movement. That's amazing. It is. This episode really means a lot to me because we get to hear directly from a young environmental activist who's making such a significant change. Danielle and I are both really interested in recycling technologies and how robots can be used to help our environment. So Diego, you've talked a bit about plastic pollution, but which environmental issue do you care about most and why? Okay, that's a good question. I think I am more involved in something called intersectional environmentalism, which aims to protect both human rights and environmental justice. So it's like an environmental and social justice movement, uh, because also apart from the, besides the environment, I also, I am very concerned about uh, social inequity and I also want to address that and um, the LGBT community issues and rights and women's rights here in Mexico. Women's rights is a big problem, and I know you also heard about it. Um, I also want to get more involved in that. And regarding the environmental movement, I think probably like to this moment, my area of expertise would be plastic pollution because that's what the boot camp that I went to was about. And I have been taking some courses by Alcalira and some other institutes. But I'm also very involved in the climate justice movement. I am taking part in uh, the Global Youth Climate Challenges, which, which is an event hosted by uh, the government of South Korea. And it's, it's very cool, though I have to get up really early in the morning to be there because of the time difference, but I'm learning a lot. Um, but to this moment, I think I am focused more on the plastic pollution issue. But, but yeah, for, for this moment, my main goal is to promote those kind of projects, like to help people in Mexico and young kids, such as you, such as Vinia, that want to get their projects grow larger. I know yours is already enormous and huge, but for some people that are really shy of taking the next step or raising their voices, that's what we want to do, like to help them grow themselves, but also coordinate their projects so they can also grow. I think that's awesome and the work you're doing is so important. Can you talk about how social media aids your work? What's your favorite social media platform and what surprised you about advocating for change online? I would say to this moment I have been using, along with my team, the team of Green Speaking, Instagram. We have been using Instagram a lot. Um, it's very engaging and we have been using IGTV for our some videos and the stories we post news like daily news environmental news um in english and in spanish so it's awesome that's i think one of the like 
best assets that we have right now. So people are very engaged about it. We also plan on using more TikTok and YouTube and other platforms to reach and everyone we can. But that's also like something that the pandemic like gave us. You could also host a lot of workshops through Zoom. I know Zoom isn't really like a social media, but it has been very helpful to host our workshops and conferences. What surprised me about advocating online? I would say the reach that I was very limited. In some lectures that I gave, I teach young children about plastic pollution problems. So for starters, for some children that doesn't that don't have an idea about plastic pollution, I teach them the basics and then how to address it, the solutions, the alternatives. But I was very limited to the amount and the space, the office in which my mom worked, which was like the headquarters for green speaking before the pandemic. And now with COVID, um, with this necessity to do everything online, we have been reaching a lot more of people, like thousands through our videos, through our lectures and through our posts and alternatives and those sort of things. So that's what really took it to me. Like, once this is over, we will still like rely much more in technology and in social media and everything to reach as much people as we can into our movement. So you were headquartered in uh, where your mom was working out of, or how did that work? Yes, my mom for the last five years has been teaching kids, teenagers, and adults how to overcome public speaking fear or stage fear, which is the exact same thing that she did with me when I was six years old. And that's how I've been learning about it and educating and teaching. And her studio, it's amazing. She has a stage and like a theater stage and green screens and all sort of things to help people communicate through all mediums. Like, through radio, television, and conferences, and debates, etc. Uh, my dad is actually an entrepreneur in electrical engineering, and he has a small office space that I also work out of, and that's where I have my workshop. So I thought it was really cool that you work with your mom, and I also work with my dad. And I kind of took over his conference room and his kitchen area, <laughs> and it's just filled with robots now. <laughs> that happens too for a while he was like you have to move out and then i just continued <laughs> to move more and more in and i'm here to stay until <laughs> i move if it's for college or work <laughs> i i also for the brother youth award ceremony uh my mom some of her stuff from the studio were in our house now so i lend one of her her podium and i thought that i will talk like full body so I just covered the whole thing with green speaking logos, which was previously with the logos of her studio and her classes. And yeah, so I think that's like the same thing. I have been lending a lot of her stuff too. She's awesome. Thank you very much, mom. <laughs> yeah, our parents, I have to say, are usually our biggest supporters. Like Lizzie, they are. Her mom yeah, is her robotics coach too. Yeah, and she is. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, she's actually an engineer as well. Um, she worked at Ford Motor Company, and um, 
Now she works at Collins Aerospace, both of which are deeply invested in the business of building things. So I just kind of grew up, you know, take her child to work day, just um, going to Ford Motor Company and like being surrounded with all of this machinery and cars and plans of how to do stuff. And it was just kind of inspiring for me. Uh, Diego, what would you say to our young Hispanic listeners as a word of encouragement? Don't be afraid. Oh, like quoting Alexandra Collins from another Broadway Youth Award. Don't be afraid to be embarrassed. That's a great quote. Um, but also, I will encourage them to to be confident. And this might be tricky and this might be a bit hard in the beginning, but just See, like, you look yourself in a mirror and find something that you like and then stick to that and hold to that. And if you like that you are super tall, then be confident with your height and do anything that you want to do. Or if you're confident about your voice, then participate in as many things as you can to promote activism and sustainability. I think you can all use your passion towards a good goal, towards a common goal. So for example, for me, it was public speaking and I have been using it for, for great things. I know a friend of mine who is very passionate about art, has been doing this amazing work on Instagram to promote good psychology and emotions and that things through art. That's very cool too. So yeah, don't be afraid and be confident, believe in yourself, and then you can use your passion on anything that you like with that confidence to to become anything you want. So I have another question, um, and it's actually our last question. How do you think young people can become more engaged in activism? I know we talked a little bit about that, but what are some main takeaways and tips that you suggest where young people, all of our listeners, can get started right now in activism, even from their own homes during the pandemic? Okay, sure. I have two points or like two stories to talk about it. So. First of all, I would like to talk about my sister's experience. My little sister, she's two years younger than you, Vinaya. She's uh, 10. So, but she hasn't still figured out what she wants to do. So she's very, very like uh, behind that stuff. But what she has done, though, it's like a lot of projects. She's very creative. So she has been learning about the zero waste and plastics and avoid plastic and reject, reuse, recycle. And she really impresses me like sometimes she made these houses for her dolls out of cardboard boxes and and she does these hangers made out also of recycled bottles she helped me do some brooms uh, from plastic bottles as well so i think that's a valuable lesson for some young kids that you could always with creativity and with drive and within everything that you do you can always incorporate good habits and good habits responsible with the environment and it doesn't matter like if they are small if you are aren't talking to a lot of people or doing videos if you start like this then probably in the upcoming future you will educate your kids like that and you will also do some good things about it so that's my first advice and the other one is if you can also talk about these solutions and encourage your parents, your brother, sister, your family, your relatives, your friends to join, that will also be amazing because that's how some of my students have also been like 
promoting environmental responsibility and activism like just with their parents but then their parents also promoted with their friends and with their grandmothers and there's then there's like a whole community that got out from one single kid that talked to his parents about the environment and responsibility so that will also be incredible like take the conversation up and flowing and incorporate good habits yeah um yeah definitely one thing i've learned though is that um it's never too late or too early to actually start something like That's you can start so whenever you want and um yeah uh, it may seem overwhelming because in today's world there's so many options and you're like just what do i choose there's so much stuff but <laughs> it's never too late to choose or to start so yeah i built um I remember the first thing I built was a cardboard vending machine. Um, it was terrible. Um, I got burned <laughs> multiple times by hot glue. It was not fun functioning very well. It didn't function at all. But just the experience of it was very fun for me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so creativity also plays a great role in this. I totally agree with you, Diego. So um, good luck to your sister, whatever she chooses doing. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I would love you to meet her. You would really inspire me <laughs> to do more stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Diego, I'm so glad that we got to do this episode with you, and I hope that we get to hear from you again. Hearing about your experiences as a young changemaker is so amazing. I just know you're going to continue on to do even more amazing things. I hope that I can attend a, that conference of yours that you were talking about sometime. If you want to learn more in depth about all of the winners, uh, see our videos, and listen to our acceptance speeches, check it out at www.browaryouthawards.org. Thank you so much for joining us, Diego. Your work is inspiring, and you truly are ushering in a new age of environmental activists like yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored. <laughs>